This is the podcast of Christian Life Center, an Assemblies of God Church in Springfield, Massachusetts. For more information, visit our website at clc413.com. Let us take a moment and let us pray. Lord, we ask that you would give all of us in this room ears to hear what your spirit has for us to not only hear, but understand. You are welcome to do your work, a work that we are limited in doing. But with you, O oh God, nothing is impossible. We thank you for your presence that is here. And we invite you to move among us today in Jesus' name. Amen. I had the wonderful privilege of growing up on the mission field, traveling through about 20 different countries. And while I traveled, we moved about every three to six months, never really stayed in one place very long. But in that traveling time, one of the things that we did as we would minister is we would go to uh, one of the main cities in the area and we would go to the center town square. And we would begin to worship the Lord and to praise him outside in the, in the uh, open air. And a crowd would gather around and then uh, we, would, we would preach. My dad had me preaching from the moment I could speak. And uh, so we would preach and we would minister. And my father didn't learn Spanish, but I learned it as a kid, so I would translate for him. And so oftentimes I was translating for my father as we would move into the next segment <clears throat> of what uh, we would do in ministry, and that is that we would pray for those who were sick. And unannounced to those who were present, this wasn't really something where someone went ahead and blanketed the place with information. This was just us showing up and, and ministering in the center square. And people would form a line, and as they formed a line, there would be people who were blind, people who were deaf, people who were in wheelchairs. And, and as I would translate for my father, I would see God do amazing things. That people who could not see, their eyes were opened. People who could not hear, their ears were opened. And God did these things over and over and over again. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I didn't make that up. God's word says that. Now, some would propose that Jesus uh, operated differently when he was on the earth compared to what he desires to do today. I have not yet found a chapter and verse for that statement. As I have experienced and as I have seen in the Word of God that there is absolutely nothing that is too hard for our God. And so, over and over, we are presented with the challenge of this simple thing, will you, will I, take God at his word? It really is that simple. We sometimes complicate it. We can rationalize all kinds of things. We impose ourselves in theoretical situations to try to consider what would happen if. And we have all these mental scenarios and we can sometimes get so wrapped up in things that really don't pertain to us. So what I want to do this morning is share with you a few simple words from God's word 
And I want to begin in Mark or Ma uh, Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. Now, Jesus was about 30 years old when he began his public ministry. And in fact, the scriptures say that he didn't do any miracles until after he was baptized in water and then after he went into the wilderness and was tempted by the devil. I share this with it whenever we have those who are taking their next steps in their walk with Christ. There is a preparation process. If the Son of God had to go through it, then each of us should expect to be able to go through a preparation time. However, when God begins to work through you, he desires to advance his kingdom through your life. And when you are ready, he not only desires to do a work in you, but he desires to do a work through you. And so Jesus here in this portion of scripture had already gone through those initial steps. And in verse 23, it says, Jesus traveled throughout the region of Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. Now, sometimes when we look about, think about the good news, we may be well familiar with what is proclaimed with the mouth. And that is very important. In fact, the scripture says that with our heart we believe and with our mouth we confess. But when we see Jesus in the representation of the Heavenly Father at work proclaiming the good news, it always went beyond words. I want you to consider that. When Jesus ministered, it was always more than words. In fact, when he spoke, his words were delivered in a different way than even the well-educated Jewish leaders of that time. And that is why the people looked at him and they said, he speaks differently because he speaks with authority. And they said, even with a word, demons must flee. And those who are sick are healed. So he went about, and it says he was teaching the good news, announcing the good news about the kingdom, and he healed every kind of disease and illness. News about him spread as far as Syria, and people soon began bringing to him all who were sick, and whatever their sickness or disease, or if they were demon-possessed or epileptic or paralyzed, he healed, now listen to this, he healed them all. I love that. Now, if it had said there that he healed some of them, now my mind would begin to work. I wonder who Jesus would choose to not heal. I wonder which ones would qualify for Jesus ministering healing to and those who don't. But it says that Jesus healed them all. Large crowds followed him wherever he went. People from Galilee, the ten towns, Jerusalem, from all over Judea, and from the east 
of the Jordan. Luke chapter 4, verse 40 says, At sunset the people brought to Jesus all who had various kinds of sickness, and laying his hands on each one, he healed them. We see there that even the touch of Jesus healed them. You may recall that the woman who had an issue of blood for many, many years came to Christ and she wasn't supposed to be out in public, but she said to herself, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. Now, when she did that, Jesus said, who touched me? And the disciples said, what are you talking about? There's a whole crowd of people around you. And Jesus said, I felt virtue leave my body. And the woman who had the issue of blood said, it was me. I touched you. And she was healed. She was completely healed. It wasn't those who were bumping into Jesus that got healed, but those who touched him with intention. There has to be intention. There has to be faith. There has to be a belief in the power of God. Notice that those whom Jesus healed had to take a step of faith, and many of them, many steps of faith, because wherever Jesus was teaching, they had to come to him. That's a very important point. They had to come to him. If you go to a person who has no belief in the power of God and you are the one going to them, you place yourself in a predicament because you're putting yourself in a position where you're ministering to someone who doesn't even believe in the power of God to do what needs to be done. There has to be a step of faith. Jesus often would require someone to tell him what was wrong even when everybody around knew exactly what the problem was. And there was a reason for that. There was a blind man. The blind man was named Bartimaeus. And he cried out, Son of David, have mercy on me. As he cried out, he was told to be quiet. But as he was told to be quiet, what did he do? He raised his voice. He says, I'm not going to let the naysayer silence my voice. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Well, what do you think he was asking for? He was asking for something that only God could do. He was asking for his sight to be restored. And so when Jesus saw him and he was brought to him, he asked him this question. You ready for the question? What would you like me to do for you? Now, was that question really necessary? Do you think Jesus was looking over this man and thinking, I just can't imagine what this person would be yelling so loud about? No, of course. Jesus knew that he was blind. 
But he asked Bartimaeus the question because Bartimaeus needed to be the one to declare, would you please give me my sight? Would you please give me my sight? That was his step of faith. Jesus has never changed. I'm so thankful that what he's done in the past, he is still doing. In Luke chapter 5, verse 13, it says that while Jesus was in one of the towns, a man came along who was covered with leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell with his face to the ground and begged him. Listen to these words carefully. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. How many of us have prayed that kind of a prayer? Lord, if you're willing, would you heal me? Lord, if it is your will, would you do this or would you do that? Particularly as it relates to our physical healing. Now notice Jesus in his response. He reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said. Be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. I am willing, he said, be clean. Now, I want, for those of you who may know the scriptures quite well, and those of you who are getting to know the scriptures better, I want to ask you a question. Think of one time when someone came to Jesus and said, would you please heal me? And Jesus responded to that person, no, not right now, because I want to be glorified through your sickness. Think. No, not right now, because I want to bring glory to my name through your sickness. There is nowhere in Scripture that I find Jesus making that statement. In fact, when the disciples were arguing about who had sinned so that this person who was born blind was blind, they said, Lord, who is it that sinned? Was it maybe this man or was it his parents that sinned? And Jesus responded. He said, neither this man nor his parents, but rather so that God would be glorified. Now, how was he glorified? He was glorified when he was healed. It was he went through all of this time to bring glory to God because of the mighty working power of God to heal him and to remove his blindness. So by all means, God, yes, will be glorified through those who are sick when they get healed because it shows that our God is powerful. And I love what I read earlier. It said Jesus healed 
all kinds of diseases. He didn't have someone come to him and say, now this type of cancer is really bad. And Jesus, take a pause. <gasps> Haven't dealt with that yet. I'm going to have to regroup. <gasps> you say you've been paralyzed for how many years? <gasps> no. Jesus can handle anything. Now, the risk of making a statement like that is there are people who, in dire, who are in dire straits. But God didn't tell us to analyze everything. He just told us to be obedient. See, as a pastor, that's risky. Because if we actually say we believe God can raise someone out of a wheelchair, then we have to take steps in that direction. Otherwise, we'll always side-skirt it. Well, if it's the will of God, may you be healed. Hope everything works out for you. But we have to take steps of faith. And as we take steps of faith, we believe God. That's as simple as it is, friends. Now, there are many questions I don't have answered. But there are some that I do. And the ones that I know, I'm going to hold to for the glory of God. Over and over in scripture, Jesus said this, according to your faith, be it unto you. According to your faith, be it unto you. Do I 100% understand that? I'm going to be honest with you to say no. I don't 100% understand that. But it's all throughout scripture. So either I'm missing something or God's missing something and I'm going to go with I'm missing something. I need to humble myself to recognize I don't understand it all. But I've got to trust that he does because he made me and I didn't make myself. And if he made me, he can sure recreate me. There is nothing too hard for God. Absolutely nothing. So a little while ago, my brother in Christ, Mario Bronco, is going through a great challenge. And he's going to come, and in a couple minutes, he's going to share with you that challenge and what God did in response. But when that was brought to my attention, I said, if you're willing, I said, invite me to your house. And we'll just pray and believe God together. And so they did. Now, I prayed over the phone, but I want to say this. There's something different about presence. Okay? It's all through Scripture. Even these people in the book of Acts brought all the people into the marketplace just so that the shadow of Peter could pass over them. And when the shadow passed over, they were healed. Do I understand that? Not fully. But if I've got a sick person, man, I know where I'm going to take them.
there's something about taking a step of faith. Jesus, he says he touched them and healed them. It wasn't only, oh, I'll keep you in my prayers kind of thing. In fact, I, I want to encourage you to be cautious of that statement if you're not going to do it. I've actually challenged myself at times not to say that unless I really mean it. And I'd rather say, how about we pray right now? Because I'm remembering at that moment, let's do it right now. How about we pray at that moment? Because sometimes that get, becomes just a catchphrase to make someone feel good, like you're going to think about them and so on. But there's no power in that. You're there, why not now? Let's agree together in prayer. If two or, you, two or three of you agree as touching any one thing, it will be done for you. It's the word of God. So Mario and, and Jennifer, they, his wife Jennifer, they invited me over to their house. And, uh, and I simply said to Mario, I said, Mario, are you ready to be healed? And he said, yes. And I'm going to let Mario take the story and tell you the whole thing, all right? And then after Mario shares his testimony of what God has done, this is what we're going to do. We are going to simply come before our Heavenly Father and in the authority and the name above all names, the name of Jesus, we're going to ask for God to do what is in the natural impossible. And if you're on board with me, I am going to believe God with you for miracles. It's as simple as that. He gets the credit. He's the healer. But there are times where God will not move when we don't open the door for him. So my little job is, is just open the door. God, come on in. Do your stuff. You have a role in that as well. So after Mario shares, uh, we're going to share a couple more things with you. But then we're going to pray for those in this place who are sick. We're going to anoint you with oil, and that is simply um, a point of contact. It's what happened in the book of Acts. Uh, it doesn't always have to be anointing oil, but we have the anointing oil on hand. We're going to use it, and we're going to believe God for miracles. And I'm going to trust God with you for God's supernatural intervention for his glory. There's no official dismissal, and so what I'm going to tell you is is that you are dismissed to leave whenever you like, all right? So you head on out the door whenever you sense that you're, you're, you're finished and the, the Holy Spirit's kind of done with you, you go ahead. But we're going to be a spiritual ER this morning, okay? Hopefully that's okay with you. And, um, and when someone is in need of a touch from the Lord, uh, I don't like to be on, well, God, hurry up. We got stuff to do around here. I don't like to do that. So this could go a little longer. I'm not sure, but I just want to say, um, even in advance, your benediction. May the Lord bless you. And have a wonderful day. All right? Okay. So uh, we're just going to be praying for people and believing God for miracles at the end. And uh, so now at this time, I would like to invite Mario and Jennifer to come on down and share the good things that the Lord has done. Welcome.
Good morning, friends and family. And it's so good to have all of you here, and especially having our special friends that we've known for so many years that did so many wonderful things for us and that prayed for me without stopping. I'm just so thankful for each and every one of you. And I love you all. Thank you. And so I'm going to have my wife Jennifer start, kind of break the waters a little bit. Those of you that know me or don't, I could probably go on with volumes and volumes of stories, um, really of these past years um, of Mario's sort of journey. Um, four years, five surgeries. But I want to just share a few things that in, in my mind are kind of like in yellow highlighter. And I did write them down so that I get to it and get through it. Um, so many of you have been alongside of us this long journey. So many of you that are here, um, I, I'm just so excited that you're here because you were all a part of it. Um, thank you for being here with us today, but thank you for loving us. Thank you for caring for us. Thank you for mowing our lawn again and again. Thank you for cleaning up our leaves and coming a number of years. You guys are here. Um, thank you for putting our air conditioners in and out and in and out <laughs> and in and out. Um, thank you for visiting Mario. Thank you for coming and bringing coffee and Danish to him and getting him out of bed for that 10 minutes that maybe he could sit with you and praying with him. Um, thank you for calling and checking in on us um, and for doing the things for us that Mario couldn't do. But above all else, thank you, thank you, thank you for praying for us and for our family. Um, thank you falls immensely short of expressing what it means and meant to us through the past years, and particularly the last six months when Mario was totally bedridden. Um, you prayed and you kept on praying. Please know that every prayer that you prayed um, made a difference in our lives and it impacted us. And while we think of the big miracle of Mario being here, standing well, um, no longer bedridden, the daily miracles were the peace and grace that each of us and our family experienced on a continual basis. My sister said she felt like our kids went through these past couple of years without a blip. That's kind of like it was like life and things were good. And life was good. It still is good. To everyone here, though, please be encouraged. In whatever you're praying for, in whatever you're believing for, keep on praying, keep on believing. Um, it matters. Prior to Mario receiving healing, he was completely bedridden, as we said. Every morning for six months, he would struggle his way, I'm probably going to cry, downstairs to bring me coffee in bed. Um, I called him my coffee fairy. I still do. Um, we would laugh when he'd bring me my coffee, and then he'd lay back down in bed for the rest of the day and night. Um, I think the act of bringing me coffee in bed was the only thing that he really felt like he could kind of do and give. Um, the rest of his day, he would lay in bed. Um, so debilitating was the pain. Through it all, though, and I believe, again, this was prayer, Mario was amazing. He truly didn't complain. He was gracious and grateful. I would have been a beast after two days of it. Probably one. Last December, as Mario became decreasing, increasingly debilitated and then completely bedridden, um, I remember one night being upstairs and looking out of the window. It was December. The trees were bare, gray outside. The moon was full. But what I saw in my mind were the vivid greens of early summer. Vivid green, trees in bloom, grass in bloom. And I saw in my mind, in my spirit, I saw Mario walking up towards our shed. Well, I don't know that I've ever had a vision before, but I believe that it was a vision from the Lord. And, um, and through it all, I just continued to know that whatever it looked like, and no matter how badly things deteriorated, that he was gonna be well. 
Um, I didn't know what that was going to look like. Um, so I'll say, there's a famous quote, never doubt in the dark what God shows you in the light. Um, things got darker and darker, um, but I really didn't doubt. Um, another thing that God really impressed on me was, watching the time here, um, I, God speaks to me a lot in the shower. I think it's just because nobody can get to me there, <laughs> just him. Um, the kids aren't looking for me, or if they are, they can't get in. Um, I can't hear them. I'm like, what? I can't hear you. Lo you know, anyway, so um, I was brought up in a traditional background, saying the Lord's Prayer. Um, I have to say that in the past probably 40 years, I have not given the Lord's Prayer really any thought. Um, and one day when I was in the shower, the Lord spoke to me clearly and said, pray on earth that my will be done on earth as it is in heaven in regards to Mario's body. And also in regards to our friend Joe um, Marco, who was stage four cancer. And so I will pray every day, God, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven in regards to Mario's body and in regards to Joe's body. Um, and just, I, I prayed that. Um, through the through the last five months, Mario's had the um, the the joy and experience, and we all have of being able to share his testimony, and we really had um, a, a real mix of um, reactions: um, joy, disbelief, skepticism, a wait and see attitude, rejoicing. Um, one of my friends that's here said, "Wow." He's healed. I can't believe it. I, 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 I wasn't expecting that. And I said, what have you been praying for him for for all these years? And they said, well, you know, better medicine, good surgery, good, you know, relief from pain. And a few other people said, you know what, if I'm honest, that is what I believed. That's what I believed healing to be. I wasn't really thinking like, oh, God can heal. So, um, but the one that's toughest, I think, is um, a couple that we met that we got to share a testimony with. And um, she flat out said to me, we don't believe in healing. And I said, I understand this challenges your beliefs and your faith, but, you know, Mario's here and he's well. And um, we have, like, he was going to have spinal fusion in two weeks from when he got healed at Boston. Um, and she said, now, I've prayed in the past. I've seen my mother pray for healing. I've seen she was an elderly woman. And she walked away so hardened and not believing that God could do anything in her life and her husband, who had joy and hope and was so excited, walked away sad and lost that because of unbelief, of just not believing that God, God would do that. And what she said that really stabbed us was she looked at me and she said, then you must be something really special for God to heal Mario. And what I'll say is that, you know what? We are special. But you know what? Every one of you, every one of you are every bit as special and more. We're not anything special, special. We're all, God loves us and, and he wants to, as pastor said. I said, the night that Mario got healed, Mario was kind of like, I said to him, you know what, honey? Jesus never healed and then unhealed. Jesus healed. Um, and so, um, lastly, I just want to say, my, my anthem for two years when we were singing was... Um, the same power. And every time that we sang the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. I sang it and I, I would stomp my feet when I was singing it because I believed that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, it says in God's word, is now alive in us. And there is nothing, there is nothing too great for him to do. So. It's my turn. 
Um, just wanted to give you a little bit of a synopsis in, on my growing up, my beliefs. Uh, I only accepted Jesus when I was 40. So before then, I thought I was a good person because I didn't do all the bad things that everybody else that's in jail does. But, uh, but I was, you know, in growing up, my parents instilled in me uh, three things, which was work hard. Everything you get in life, you have to work for it. So I worked hard. And uh, the other thing which was good, but cannot be good sometimes, and that's man up and be perseverant. And to me, I think that came in a form of uh, being very prideful, more than I should be. And uh, also that man is supposed to be the provider. I did not uh, think of any outside influence in my life to to just be a successful uh, person so with that you know of course i'm sure uh, many men in this room especially uh, can kind of uh, attest to that where that when we're young we think we're invincible we do things that are kind of stupid foolish and uh, we don't th don't think about it we just we are supermen and we hurt ourselves our bodies and that and we pay for it later so that was me in growing up i worked hard i played hard and my thoughts of being in, in involved in games with friends was uh, football contact without pads ice hockey without pads and contact so of course, there's a lot of aches and pains uh, that are residual of those times. Um, so moving forward, you know, obviously I didn't, I wasn't very good with my body, and uh, of course, being, you know, with a mindset that you work hard, you persevere. I took it all in stride. That I never stopped. I never complained. Uh, I went through. I went to work whether I had. A little headache or a massive headache or debilitating, you know, pain in back or legs. And um, so, about five years ago, four or five years ago, I started having back problems, uh, severe back problems. My right side, my right leg was given out. And uh, I was out of work for a little bit and I went to the doctor. The doctor prescribed. Uh, oral steroids and physical therapy. So I was on that for a few weeks and went back to work. Three days later, I had a massive hernia problem. So I got, so just to say just over those five years, I had just one thing after another, you know, health issues. It was a, a hernia. It was um, replaced two discs on my neck. Um, and the list just went on and I was, you know, going back to work and out, going back to work and out. And that was really hard on me because I could not stand the fact that I had to take time off work because I was injured. I didn't take that very well because uh, I believed always that, you know, you finish what you start and you don't stop until it's done. Don't leave for tomorrow, what you can do today. That was me. Uh, if I was outside, 
mowing the lawn, cleaning the yard. I would be out there, Jennifer can attest to that, I'd be out there until it was dark, okay. dark. Even if I had to have a flashlight, I was gonna finish. And of course I would come in and I would sit down on the couch or lay down on the couch and not move because I was in that much pain. And um, so forward uh, to about two years ago, uh, Jennifer came downstairs and I always went to work early. I would get up at like around four o'clock, have my time with God and have coffee and get ready. And because I never liked to just get up and, and go, I always had to have my, my time. And Jennifer found me uh, over the kitchen table supporting myself and asked me if I was okay. I said, no, I I'm not okay. You know, I said, I can't put my weight on my, on my feet. I cannot, without any help. I was to the point where I couldn't walk. I couldn't, I couldn't take the pain. So I ended up going to the doctor again. And uh, of course, trying to get to my doctor that uh, I loved, that I did my surgery on my neck, I couldn't get in because uh, his schedule was just too busy. Um, Eventually, I ended up uh, going to see uh, you know, his, uh, his aide, and uh, he proceeded to do the tests and said that he couldn't find anything, that I just needed physical therapy. And then the pain persisted, so I ended up going to another doctor, which prescribed uh, two types of painkillers, and each time that I would take them initially, it would work. And then my body would start gaining a little bit of a resistance and it would take more medication. And it got to the point where about, I was taking about four times the initial prescribed medication. And I still had pain, I still had problems. Uh, just to kind of explain you know, my pain. My pain, I had a lower back pain. My whole back was just total pain, sciatica nerve and then all the way down my legs. If I were to try to stand, uh, my leg would feel, especially my left, would be, feel like it was on fire, literally. If I touched my leg, I would nearly burn my fingers. It was just that hot and it hurt. I could not find a comfortable position. I, I still have, but you know, at that time I used all night long about seven or eight pillows at least and I would position them in all kinds of different ways to try to get comfortable. And I just could not. It got to a point where I kind of got used to the pain. I still hurt. It still was really bad, but I kind of was able to go to sleep even with all that pain. Um, through that time, you know, of course, my, my walk with the Lord uh, took a big hit because all I could do was uh, if God gave me the grace to be acceptant and just to go to day by day without complaining but all I could do was survive take pills move as little as possible and get comfortable um, it got to a point where no medication was helping no position was comfortable and uh, I ended up starting to also take uh, medical marijuana to supplement and that helped a lot but still 
It's, it's like that dull ache that never goes away. Even though your mind gets used to it, it's still there. And uh, like Pastor Joseph uh, mentioned a little while ago, I was one of those people that prayed God's will. And I don't know, I, uh, partly was, obviously I was putting God in a box and saying, this is too big for you, and I shouldn't have. But also, I had such a burden for friends uh, that were dealing with much worse problems even than I thought. I mean, I thought, who am I to ask for healing? I want them to be healed. And, but again, I always, you know, I knew scripture, I read scripture, I know what the word of God says, but I had never stopped praying in that format. God, if it's your will, but if not, my, my soul as well, you know, I'm, I'm good with that, you know. And uh, that was just uh, basically saying, no thanks, you know, heal them instead. And uh, as I was uh, bedridden, you know, as I said, I was very uh, much in trying to survive. And it got to a point where I actually then started to become indignant. And I said, why me, God? If it's my time, then let it be so. I don't want to be a burden. I cannot see myself staying in this bed, having three meals a day brought up to me, not being able to do anything with my wife, my children. What kind of life is this? I'm sure that's not what you want for me. And I was starting to get to a point that you know, I was indignant and I was asking God, God, give me something, give me faith, give me wisdom, give me whatever I need to get through this. And uh, I had the, the privilege of having great friends coming over to visit and, you know, Cliff uh, being one of them that would come over and sit with me through, you know, even though they took time off of their daily schedule, in, which was fall already, but they took time for me. And I appreciate that. They brought coffee, they brought uh, donuts and conversation and company. And that was, that meant the world to me. And uh, still I was praying, if it's your will, God. But then when it came to my friends, I would pray for God. God healed them, touched their lives, healed them. And uh, the one last time that I was visited, I was, I had taken drugs that morning and then the supplemental marijuana and I was in a state that my mind was, one of the side effects of the medication was that uh, I had brain fog all the time. I was forgetful of everything. If my wife told me something that day, within 10 minutes, I would forget that she told me that. And as, I, as we sat down for coffee, and I was really just mad. I was mad, mad at God. I said, God, it, it's not right. I, I, I can't have it, to, you know, this way. You know, I was just totally disappointed, exhausted, and 
upset. I mean, I don't know. There were so many emotions going through. And the one thing that was a wonderful uh, result of that is that God started giving me a peace again. And he started giving me uh, the peace and the grace, and he started giving me also uh, supernatural faith and belief. And I started reading, and scripture that came to me, soul life, it's like the it's like the words were just jumping out of the, the Bible. And it's Mark 11 when he talks about, uh, about faith, when the disciples questioned them about the fig tree. And those words just ingrained in my mind that when he says that if you have faith and you believe and you believe that you receive, it will be yours and mountains can be moved. And I thought, God, that is just what I need. I know, you know, it, you, your word is true. And if you say it is, it is. It's not just for some, it's for all of us. So I started in my mind thinking, I know that God wants to heal me. I know that I have the faith and I believe that I will receive that. And uh, so from at that point, you know, for a few weeks, I started really uh, reading my Bible day after day for hours and hours and hours at a time, you know, especially the kids being out of to school, you know, you got a lot of time that you can use. I stopped watching all television, and which was important because I was taking too much of my time because I was finding and grabbing for any entertainment that I could flood my mind with so that I would not think about the pain. So I watched many reruns, many episodes, many sports. Uh, it was got to the point where I was, my mind was like a blob, you know? And so I stopped all of that, no more television. And all I did was just read the word, pray. And I did watch some Christian channels, which was, they were very helpful. But I started really believing. And uh, and two weeks before surgery, yes, two weeks before surgery, I had my uh, appointment uh, for pre-op, you know, to do all the cardiogram uh, tests and all these things. And uh, we went and spent the day at uh, Leahy and uh, Things did not go very well. I felt very calm, but my uh, EKG and cardiogram uh, results were not good. And we could tell that the, the nurses were kind of disturbed about the results, but uh, they were not telling us exactly all that there was. So, and I probably will let Jennifer share that because she remembers that so much better as far as uh, the results. And there's so much more, but um, so we got I got I got a call from Leahy. Um, so it was two weeks exactly two weeks before surgery, and um, they said that. And, and keep in mind, Omario had to go down to Boston for the appointments. I mean, it, it was grueling. It was just he couldn't even sit for ten minutes at the dinner table, and so the trips were really hard on him. 
And um, she said, um, I don't know if anybody's called you, but his uh, EKG was really bad. And um, he needs to be cleared by the cardiologist before the surgery can happen. It was two weeks away. And I said, you know, well, it, it's really tough for us to get down there. And she said, well, you can have a cardiologist in your area clear him. And I said, we don't have one. Um, and she said, well, at this point, you know, we're going to have to put the surgery on hold because um, he can't have surgery. And I didn't tell him. I, I, I was just, and I had been, I again, I had been walking in peace and faith. And I called the church. And um, Carol was like, no, no, let me put my husband on the phone. So she put pastor on the phone. And um, he prayed for me over the phone and, and prayed that he said, you know, I, I don't I don't have a specific word from the Lord, but I, I have a just a really strong impression that everything is going to be fine. And um, and I remembered, again, my, my vision of him walking in the yard, and I thought, well, he's going to be well. Um, sorry. Um, sorry, my timer's going off. Ah. Hold on. There we go. Um, and so the pastor prayed for me over the phone and then said, I know I was going to come and pray and meet with Mario. They had only met once really quickly, um, The you know, when Mario had his surgery, but would you like me to come sooner? And I said, absolutely. And at that point, all I was thinking was, God, his heart has to be okay. His heart has to be okay. He has to have this surgery. It's two weeks away. This can't go on, you know. And and um, it's really interesting because I believed that he was going to come and pray and his heart was going to be okay. And I, I, I somewhere was missing like the, oh, <laughs> God might really want to like really heal him, um, which was something I had thought through the years. Um, anyway, so pastor came over, I got Mario out of bed, and um, he came down, they kind of spent some time together getting to know each other, and then pastor did kind of a devotional, and we sang a couple worship songs, and um, one just thing that I'll say is that he, he asked Mario to please tell him everywhere where he had pain, and he said, if you're comfortable, I'm going to anoint you with oil and pray. And so Mario went through all the areas of his body, and I said, well, what about your right thigh? Mario had lost the feeling in his right thigh five years ago, no feeling in his thigh from nerve damage. And he goes, well, it doesn't hurt. I said, yeah, well, it's still not good. So anyway, so all that to say, um, pastor, we began to worship and he began to pray. And there reached a point, we live in a very busy household. I have six people in the house. So those of you that know our house, you know, and frequently you just have people drop in. It was a Friday afternoon, the windows were open, the doors were open. Um, it's five o'clock, 5.30. And um, it just, in the middle of praying, there just reached this, and really was a holy hush. I, I've never really experienced anything like it. It was quiet. There was just nothing. Nobody came in and interrupted us. Nobody, the dog, nothing. Nobody came to the door. Um, there was nothing. And there reached a point during that time of prayer where I, I was going to be shocked if Mario wasn't healed. Um, and... Um, Interestingly, when, when, and I'll let him share the end of it, but, but when Pastor got done praying, he said, you know, now, Mario, um, can you maybe just do some things that you couldn't do before? And I thought, well, that's like anything. But when Mario got up and walked away, I had him put on a different T-shirt and when he went to go downstairs. Because the T-shirt that he had on was one that I kind of got him tongue-in-cheek at a tag sale, and you know the, like, life is good T-shirts? Well, this one said, out of coffee, life is I, I, I don't normally say that, but he had never met Pastor other than once, and I said, you might want to change the t-shirt, and he's like, why? I'm like, well, it's not horrible, but just, you know, it's kind of, you know, it sounds kind of negative, so, um, my coffee fairy, so, um, so he changed the shirt, and I didn't pay attention, and when he got up that, got, you know, was standing and walked away to see how, after he'd been prayed for, 
He turned his back to me, and what his shirt said was, get your wellness on. And it was a shirt that he had never worn before, and I didn't even know what shirt he had on. It was just kind of interesting. But um, I'll let Mario close. But, um, yeah, God wants to God wants to heal. So, uh, anyways, you know, as Jennifer mentioned, you know, of course, you know, as Pastor Joseph was uh, praying for me, at this point, I knew in in my spirit that I had, you know, the belief and the faith. And as Jennifer mentioned, and of course, you know, when I told Pastor Joseph where it hurt and as he anointed me with oil and prayed over those parts specifically, I noticed a change. And now, as I explained before, my, my feeling in my leg was heat immense heat like I had my my leg on a, coals, on the coals and it was just that hot and I started experiencing a coolness like a, a breeze of cool air just coming through me and as that started to happen I started my faith was growing and uh, kid you not I started praying like this by the end I was like this with both hands because I knew that God was working in my body and that he did a wonderful miracle in my body. And uh, as he went through each of those parts that were a problem, the problem left to the point where I was just overjoyed and I still had unbelief at that point, like, how is this possible? So, and of course, immediately after that, I had guilt. I had guilt because God has given me something so wonderful that I felt guilty that my friends that have either stage four cancer or other horrific problems with their health, that they weren't getting the same thing that I was getting, that they weren't getting their healing. And I felt awful for them at the same time as I was rejoicing for my, for my, myself. And uh, God had to remind me at that point that I don't have a small bag of healing that runs out, that once I give to people and I run out and there's no more left. The healing that he had was for me only. And that healing could not go to anyone else because it wouldn't work. Everyone else has their healing reserved for them. So I took that to heart and I finally was able to understand that God can heal all because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And his word is true and he doesn't heal some, he heals all. He doesn't heal and take it back. He heals and he, it stays. And um, that's the reason why we're here today is to testify to how good God has been to us and to let you know that he is not limited and everyone in their own affliction, in their own, their own, with their own problems, God has what you need. And I can't, I can't tell you that 
there's a formula that, you know, there's nothing that you can say, well, if I do this, if I do that, maybe if I do that, we don't know. There are mysteries that we don't know, but I do know that God's will is that we are well, that we are healthy. He doesn't uh, revel in our our pain and our sicknesses and diseases. And uh, as a matter of fact, Scripture tells us that he weeps for those who suffer and he mourns with those who mourn. So God, and I take, you know, I take, if I take a moment as well as to share my favorite scripture from the time that I got saved, and that is so tr was so true then and so true now, and it is, I can do all things to Christ who strengthens me with his strength, and that's the key word, through him, everything is possible. Thank you. Mario and Jennifer, if you could stay here for a moment. In the book of Acts, it says that the, the disciples, they gathered together and they prayed this prayer. O Lord, stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Shortly thereafter, it says that as a result of the apostles' work, sick people were brought out into the streets on beds and mats so that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as he went by. Crowds came from the villages around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those possessed by evil spirits, and they were all healed. There's that word again. Was there anything special about Peter? You may know a few things about Peter. He spoke at the wrong times. He spoke the wrong things. When he was asked whether he even knew Christ, he denied and swore there wasn't anything special or unique about Peter that his shadow made the difference. But through the authority of the name of Jesus, God used Peter as a point of contact. He was simply the faucet through which the healing power of God flowed all for the glory of Jesus Christ. And then the scripture that Mario was referencing. In Mark chapter 11, it says these words. Have faith in God, Jesus said to his disciples. I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. Notice 
what Jesus said that the disciples would be speaking to, directly to the mountain. Now, some of you may feel a little uncomfortable with that, but I want to tell you that's biblical. There is nothing out of line with speaking to the issue, to the situation, to the illness, and dealing with it head on in the name of Jesus. That's not usurping the authority of God. That's using the authority of Jesus Christ. Then listen to this. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. I'm going to read that again. But I want you to listen to the verb tense. You can pray, that's current, you can pray for anything. And if you believe, currently believe, that you have received it, past tense. It will be yours. God has already provided for you what you need. But you've got to claim it. And what does that mean? That word claim just simply means to appropriate what's yours. If you win a prize and you've got the winning ticket, well, the ticket's nice, but the prize is nicer. So to get the prize, what do you do? You go and take your ticket and you claim it. You say, I'm here to claim my prize. Why? Because it's mine. I won it. Past tense. God has already provided. Your sickness, your disease has already been provided for the healing that is needed when Jesus died on the cross for you. Verse 25 says, But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you hold a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. I want you to know that in this process, God takes your heart into account. And right now, if you're in this place, you're believing God for a healing. Yes, he cares about your body, but really cares about your heart. And if you have a grudge against anyone, or if you're holding unforgiveness, right now would be a good time, right where you are, to ask God to forgive you. And maybe the person you have a grudge against is in this room. It would be even better that you go to that person and ask them to forgive you. And then the Lord can move forward in a wonderful way. Where's your heart? That will determine what happens with your body. There was a minister who was ministering and there was a person who came forward and they were paralyzed, weren't able to walk. And as the person was in the wheelchair, the power of God was upon him and he stood to his feet and regained strength in his limbs. Because he was disabled, he had been getting a check on a regular basis from the government. And immediately after he rose to his feet, he said to himself out loud, Oh, 
I'm not going to get my disability check anymore. And the minister looked at him and said, Sir, you have valued your money over your healing. And immediately he fell back in his chair and was not able to continue with the process because his heart was in the wrong direction. Where's our heart this morning? Where's your heart? Where's my heart? All, all of our hearts in this process can go out of whack. People that God can use for healing can get a proud attitude. They can take credit instead of giving it to God. God says, I will share my glory with no one. It's all about what he does. He gets the credit. All I'm trying to tell you is God still wants to heal you today. And if you're willing to believe for that healing, then I'm going to invite you to come and we're going to pray with you. I'm going to invite my wife to come and join me. I want to invite Mario and Jennifer, if you could please come on down. And we are going to agree together in prayer for your healing. And I want to tell you, it doesn't matter what you're dealing with. And some of you, maybe you've been prayed for many times before. So let me just clarify something. Sometimes you may have been prayed for over and over. And you may even be getting frustrated. When I was at Bible school, there was a lady completely paralyzed. God had given her the gift of ministry and song. And when she worshiped the Lord, you could sense the presence of God in the room, but she could not walk. She ministered in the chapel and the Lord was so present. I was so blessed. I bought her CD and I was really encouraged by her ministry. Time passed. And I see a video online. And the video online is her. Her name was Delia. And in this video, she shares about a miracle God did. And in the video, she's walking around. And I had to do a double take because this was about six or seven years from when I had seen her firsthand. And in the video, she shared the story of her healing. She was at an, a healing service and she was done with it. Oh, she believed that God was able to do all kinds of things. But she said, no more healing services for me. I've been up at the altar and I've been prayed over left and right and up and down. Never got healed. Her friend invited her. Would you come? She initially said, no, I don't want to go. I don't want to get in that situation again. She went to the service kind of against her own will. And she came forward in the wheelchair. And as the pastor began to pray, she sensed the presence of the Lord. And as she worshiped, the power of God got stronger. And she began to feel strength in her legs. And as she did, she slowly began to get up. As she got up, a thought came to her, what if this isn't real? And she began to feel the power go. You see, this is where faith comes in. 
And she said at that moment, she said to herself, I'm not going to let this go. And she began to worship God. She said, Lord, I believe you are able. And the Spirit of God continued to infuse her bones, to infuse her muscles. And she stood up and walked across the room and has been walking since for the glory of God. Are you willing to believe God with me that there's absolutely nothing impossible with God? If you are, it's very simple. I'm going to invite you to come and just come down the center aisle and we're going to pray for you. We're going to anoint you with oil and anything that happens for his glory. And that's what we're going to do. So you're welcome to come. And as I said earlier, if you have to go, you feel free. May the Lord bless you. Have a wonderful day. But we are going to be praying for those who are sick. If you stay here in your seats, I want to encourage you. Would you just join with me in prayer? Would you please? I need that. We all need that. We're here. It's not anything special about us, but there's something special about the Lord. And I want to invite you to join with us in prayer. When Jesus raised a little girl from her deathbed, he had all the unbelievers get out. He said, get out. And he only had those who believed stay. So with all the kindness in my heart, I tell you, if you're here today and you refuse to believe in the power of God, that's your choice. But if you do believe, would you join with me as we believe God for every person who's gonna stand in this line People are already taking a step of faith to simply say, God, I believe you. And I'm looking forward to what God is going to do. How about you?